beginning with verse 1. Then Naomi, her daughter-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were? See, he is now winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. But when he dies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And she replied, All that you say I will do. Now, before you think this strange, this was a wealthy, powerful man, but I want you to notice how observant he was of his harvest. He slept with the harvest. <laughs> now, businessmen, here's a principle for you. In the time of harvest, stay with your harvest. He even, he didn't go home and sleep in his comfortable bed. He slept on the floor with his harvest. Always protect your harvest. Protect your harvest. She replied, all that you say I will do. Verse 6. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of a heap of grain. You don't want your harvest stolen. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. Who? He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. Wow. Short time. to make a great name. It doesn't take long to make a good reputation. <laughs> it doesn't take long to destroy one either. In this very short time, she had made a reputation as a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than me. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until evening. So she lay at his feet until morning, but arose before anyone could recognize them. And he said, Let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. But he said, Bring the garment you were wearing and hold it out. And she held it out. And he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her, and she went into the city. When she came to her daughter-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all the man had done for her, saying, These six measures of barley he gave me, for he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now Boaz had gone up to the gate and sat down there. Now the gate, this is the place of decision and business. And behold, the Redeemer of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Turn aside, my friend, sit down here. So he turned aside and sat down. 
And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Witness of something important. If you have important business to do, always have a witness. Always have a witness of something important. Then he said to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Emelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not tell me that I may know, for there is no one besides you to redeem it, and and I come after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. The Redeemer said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I impair my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the custom in the former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one drew off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the matter of attesting in Israel. So the Redeemer said to Boaz, Buy it for yourself. He drew off his sandal. And Boaz said to the elders and all the people, You are witness this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Emelech and all that belonged to Chilion and Mahalon. Also Ruth the Moabite, the widow of Mahlon, I have bought to be my wife, to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance, that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brothers and from the gate of his native place. You are witnesses this day. Then all the people were at the gate, and the elders said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you act worthily in Ephrathath and be renowned in Bethlehem. And may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception. Now, I want you to notice, conception is a gift of God. You know, when people talk about life begins at conception, it's true. Conception is a gift of God. And she bore a son. Then then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life, a nourisher of your old age, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. (laughs) Now notice, a daughter-in-law who is more to you than seven sons. Daughters-in-law, What are you to your mother-in-law? Are you more than seven sons to your mother-in-law? Then Naomi took the child, laid him on her lap, and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. And they called him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? A Moabite woman who is a worthy woman who makes the Lord her God. A woman of great tragedy and suffering becomes part of the Messianic line. Wow. 
These are the generations of Perez. Perez fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Aminadab. Aminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some time in worship. Can you give somebody a high five and say, I know who I am. I know who I am. Turn to your right and say, I know who I am. I know who I am. Turn to your left and say, I know who I am. I know who I am. Turn around and say to that person that I know who I am. I know who I am. And I'm walking in power. And I'm walking in power. 
Our New Testament passage today begins in John chapter 6, beginning with verse 22. On the next day, the crowd remained on the other side of the sea, saw that there had only been one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but the disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they got into their boat and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Now, why? Because he based here, okay? He based in Capernaum. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? (laughs) Jesus answered them, truly, truly. I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Uh, These are what we call rice Christians. They only want to come to church because they got their belly full. Now, there's a big challenge. And, you know, Jesus faced the same challenge, folks. You know, you want to be kind and you want to help the poor, but there are people that are only there because they get fed. You know, there are people that only come to a connect group because there's food. People have to be someplace for the right reasons. Let me say that again. People need to be someplace for the right reasons. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. Wow. What is the work of God? Believing in Jesus. What is the work of God? Believe in Jesus. What is it that God wants me to do for him? Believe in Jesus. Now, if you can just get things that simple in your mind, what does God want me to do for him? Believe in Jesus. What does God want me to do for him? What is God's will for my life? Believe in Jesus. Start with the simple, my brothers and sisters. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe in you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. He said, It was not Moses. He said, You look at Moses as if Moses did this miracle. He said, It wasn't. It was the Father. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So Jesus is the manna. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, but whoever believes in me and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Now here's a promise. All the people that the Father gives to Jesus will come to him. And whoever comes to him, Jesus will never cast out. Now, brothers and sisters, Jesus will never drive you away. You can walk away from him, but he will never throw you out. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how many times you've done it. 
he won't throw you out. That's Jesus. Now, you can choose to walk away from him because of your guilt and shame, but Jesus won't drive you away. Or you can just, but pastor, you don't know what I did. I don't care what you did. If you'll just come close and say, Father, in Jesus' name, forgive me. It's taken care of. That's simple, yeah. With a right heart, with a repentant heart, it's that simple. Now, it's not just words. It's, it's a repentant heart speaking those words, Father, in Jesus' name, forgive me. And it's all settled. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the him, will of him who sent me. This is Jesus' purpose. This is the promise. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Now notice, here's the all. Here's the all. You tie these verses together. He said, this is the will of the Father, that I don't lose anybody. People wonder, why are you so confident in your salvation? I, I was reading some Catholic theology one day, and I was horrified to understand that in Catholic theology, there is no assurance of salvation. But Jesus' words give me the assurance of salvation. Yes, I can walk away from him, but he will never cast me out. It's, it's the will of him, will of the Father, that he should lose none. Talk about confidence in salvation. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So eternal life now, raise him up on the last day, future. So the Jews grumbled about him <laughs> because he said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? All right, so physical knowledge hid spiritual knowledge. And sometimes this is very true. You know somebody from the physical. You know somebody from the, the earthly realm. And you can't understand them from the spiritual realm. Jesus answered, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. I like that. God drew me to Jesus. Sometimes we say the day I found Jesus, but really it was the day Jesus found us. The Father drew us to Jesus. You know, if you will think back in your spiritual life, now I had a horrible upbringing as a child, I will admit, but I, I can remember as a little boy, when my grandpa Butler was still alive, he was the chairman of the board of a Methodist church. And grandma taught Sunday school there. I can remember begging to go to church with my grandpa Butler. Now, you got to understand, I was also in making big messes, and I got into a lot worse messes after grandpa died. But I can remember as a little boy, God drawing me. Think back in your spiritual life. Think back for as long as you can. God's hand was reaching out to you. God's hand was drawing you into a relationship with him, Duba. Next time you begin to feel like, does God really love me? Remember that he drew you. And I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets and they will all be taught by God. 
Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. I love that. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Don't, don't tell me that, well, you know what, I'm, I'm close to the Father, but I don't believe Jesus is the Son. No, 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 no. There's a lot of religions that say they're close to God the Father, but that Jesus is just a prophet. No, no. If, 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 you've, if you've heard the Father, if you've learned from the Father, you come to Jesus. Verse 49. Your fathers ate the manorness in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes out from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. The bread I give, that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. He said, I'm giving my body. I'm giving my body for the world. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Here's communion. You have no life in you, no spiritual life. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks on my blood abides in me and I in him. Again, this is communion. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this breath will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Now, this is one of the beautiful things about going to Israel. Sometimes I go there, and, and while they're all going around, because I've heard all the speeches from the guides, and I've heard every different guide's speech, and they're all wonderful, please. But sometimes now, I remember one time we weren't allowed to tape. They wouldn't even let us in the door with the cameras. So I just sat outside, and I said, Jesus, I'm going to read what you spoke in Capernaum. And sometimes you just sit there. And you look at that synagogue. Now, the synagogue that's there now was built after the death of Jesus because it's made with white stone and that came down from uh, the north, came up from the south, I'm sorry. But the basalt stone that you see on the bottom layer, that, that was the synagogue that Jesus actually preached in. And he stood there and preached these things in the synagogue. It's, it just makes things come alive and real. All right, let's give you a few more thoughts today from Proverbs, a little bit of wisdom as we close out today. He said, be not one of those who gives pledges, who puts up security for debts. Now, New Living makes it very clear. Do not agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for somebody else. If you have nothing with which to pay, why should your bed be taken from under you? If you can't pay, even your bed will be snatched from you. Okay, he said, now wait a minute. Can you pay? their debt. Now, now here's a problem, because when you guarantee somebody's debt, people will call you one day and call it due. See, when you guarantee somebody else's debt, they don't feel the same pressure to pay it as they do if 
there's nobody else guaranteeing it. Sometimes people will say, well, my friend will help me out. And forgive me, you're out of control. This, You are out of control of your finances. The day that you co-sign that loan is the day that you are out of control of your own finances. Do not move the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. This is land grabbing. You know, we always act like sins are new today, but this is land grabbing. You know, you, you move the ancient boundary so that that creek or that stream of water is inside your piece of land. You know, you, you move the ancient boundary because you want that tree or you want that little area inside. No, he said, don't, don't move. This is land grabbing. This is stealing land. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. All right. This is called promotions etc. Skillful in your work. You see a man who's a very skillful chef, he'll be cooking for the rich and famous. You see a guy who doesn't want to work on the skill, so all he's good at is flipping burgers, he'll, he'll be for obscure people like me and you just flipping burgers, okay? Folks, if you want to get ahead in life, the path is skill. Now, skill equals ability plus practice. That's what it takes to develop a skill. You have an ability, and then you practice it and practice it and practice it and practice it until you are incredible at it. You know, there are a lot of people who can play the piano. I can play the piano with two fingers. Give me a couple of minutes and I can play three blind mice with my, with my two fingers. But then you see these others that just, wow. Because they practiced and they practiced and they practiced and they practiced. What is your ability at life? What is it that God has given you an ability to do? Now, practice it until it becomes a skill. All right. <laughs>